afternoon and welcome to your DIY Health Radio here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on free conference call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. This program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself health h-e-a-l-t-h your diy health.com there's all kinds of information there all the products we talk about are there including the itera care device which is featured prominently at the top of the home page and there's lots of information about that there's uh, downloadable flyers and brochures there's a link to a youtube playlist that has over 140 videos talking about the technology how it's used and testimonials from people all over the world who have had absolutely life-changing, miraculous results using these things. And there's also a link to the uh, dedicated website for the device, which uh, has more information, more uh, testimonials, and the Order Now button. And the big thing to remember there, uh, all the instructions are there on how to place an order. But the key thing is when you see the remarks box, that is where you put your name, (laughs) okay? That's a very important thing because that's what links the payment that comes in to your order. And if I have uh, several orders come in and whoever puts uh, makes their payment and they say hello or one wand or something like that, I have no idea who that payment is from. So make sure that you put your name in the remarks box and then everything will go smoothly. Nobody will get hurt and you'll have your wand in your hands in two to three days. Um, the end of summer special that we had going on is now over. Uh, as far as I know, it ended at noon today, Eastern time. So, uh, if you missed it, sorry, maybe they'll do another one here sometime. Uh, they did one around last Christmas. Uh, don't know if they will or not this time or not. We'll have to wait and see, but we're back to the regular pricing. One wand is $380 in the U S delivered to your door. And, um, uh, that will uh, still is still a great deal these things are absolutely amazing they do wonderful things for people simply providing the body the uh, stuff they need to fix themselves that's that's the key thing they don't do anything in and of themselves except provide terahertz frequencies which the body knows what to do with it gets those frequencies and basically uses those things to fix whatever is ailing you it's amazing So anyway, check that out, and while you're on the main website, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. At the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm, and if you scroll down a little bit further, you'll see the information on the shows we do when they're on and how you listen, and at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show as well as the Telegram channel. So uh, have some fun with that. I would also suggest that uh, check out the, the links tab that's it (laughs) the links tab and at the top of the page you'll see the link to patriot mobile which is the only to my knowledge christian conservative mobile phone provider in the country and their pricing is uh, very reasonable um 
great customer service and when you talk to someone you're dealing with a christian conservative person who lives in the united states and speaks english as a first language (laughs) that in and of itself is enough to make you want to switch if you've ever dealt with the uh, tech support or customer service with some of the other mobile phone providers half the time you can't understand what they're saying and they can't understand you and i i recently when i switched i had to shut down my spectrum service and it took me three calls to get it done right because the people i was dealing with didn't know what they were doing and it was amazing but um the folks at patriot mobile are fantastic uh they use nationwide uh, the top um, uh, networks uh service is excellent i haven't had a drop call or any uh, place where i didn't have signal uh and i've been using it for about four months now and just a great service i encourage you to check it out and if you want to help the show there is a referral code on the page there that you can use and that will um give a little kickback to the to the show so anyway check that out and i think you'll be very happy i know i have been and i don't miss my other providers at all <laughs> so anyway check that out and uh, that being said keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the speaker radio network free conference call their owners or sponsors or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Okay, we're going to jump right into things here. I got a couple of uh, Greg Reese's videos. I love the guy. He just does great research and puts together fantastic little Uh, snippet type videos only a couple of minutes long that are just packed with information and this one if i remember right is about how the uh, white house was fully aware that the covid jabs were going to kill people two years ago so here we go naomi wolf and her team at the daily clout submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the Centers for Disease Control, requesting all emails sent and received by Dr. Rochelle P. Walensky, Sherry A. Berger, and Kevin Griffiths between the dates of February 1st and May 31st of 2021, containing the word myocarditis. They received hundreds of pages showing that the White House and the entire COVID response team knew that the COVID vaccines were killing people and causing blood clots, heart attacks, and myocarditis. They also received 46 additional pages that were not requested. Of these 46 pages, over 80% of them were fully redacted and involved the White House and the Executive Office of the President. These redacted emails were labeled draft White House script and some tough Q&A. They knew in the spring of 2021 that these shots were killing people. I've said over and over, and I don't mean to belabor this, but to remind everyone, when Steve says, how could this happen? I always say from my experience working around a White House that it can't happen unless the boss says it has to. 
or that it can. You can't kill Americans. I've said this so many times on this show, um, knowingly without the okay of the president. So I knew that up the chain of command, the White House had to be involved in these decisions. But we just didn't have the, the smoking gun. Now we have the smoking gun. You remember we have 200 volunteer lawyers. So one of these lawyers' name is Ed Berkovich, and he FOIA'd, meaning sent a Freedom of Information Act demand to the CDC about myocarditis. And something very interesting happened. He got um, 472 pages uh, from the CDC in response to that FOIA. He was also given an additional 46 pages, which he didn't ask for. And these additional 46 pages, over 80% of the pages were fully redacted. The redactions were, quote, pursuant to 5 USC 552 exemptions 5 and 6. What is redacted was solicited or shared with the president or his most senior advisors. They know it's happening. The other thing they're freaking out about is myocarditis. They know it's happening. The evidence came in, the updates came in, and the the American people are going to be asking questions or starting to ask questions. So they convene a crisis, a set of crisis meetings, basically, in which um, they're basically trying to formulate a press response. These are all press people. They crafted a, a media response. And by the way, there are people who deal with broadcast news as well in that list. And the media response doesn't tell the truth after May of 2021. They rolled out myocarditis. And remember what they said always, extremely rare, mild resolves, extremely rare, mild resolves. They knew that they were lying and they said nothing about the clotting issue from what I recall. So basically they created from this set of crisis communications directed by the White House with the White House's most senior advisors, the COVID-19 response project, which was overseen by the White House at the behest of the White House to create a media response that you experienced all of 2021, all of 2022, to get you to keep injecting this into your body and injecting it into the bodies of your loved ones. And they knew that they were lying and they knew that they were hurting people with blood clots, platelet problems, and heart damage. And that's what they did and that's what happened. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yeah, so they knew what was going on. And the thing that gets me is they said, you can't kill Americans unless the president signs off on it. What on earth gives anybody, even the president of the United States, the ability and the right to sign off on Americans being killed? Answer me that. How does that schmuck, regardless of who is sitting in that office, how is it that they have the authority to sign off on somebody's death without any kind of charges, any kind of court case, any kind of... Uh, uh, sentencing or anything it's just okay i think it's okay so you can not only kill this one person but you can kill tons and tons of americans how is it that they can do that and that brings us to the next one <laughs> if i can find it here real quick um i believe this is it this is dealing with the uh, upcoming um test of the emergency alert system on october 4th 
and we kind of covered this in the last week or so regarding the uh, graphene oxide in the uh, COVID jabs and their ability to be used to carry a payload that's either pathogenic or toxic and uh, can result in, you know, the release of those payloads simply by the proper frequencies being applied. And that's what this is going to talk about. Here we go. Military attorney Todd Callender is an expert in international law and morbidity mortality law. He's been filing lawsuits and blowing the whistle on the enemy ever since they made the shots mandatory. These lawsuits have led to his research team amassing thousands of whistleblowers that point to a planned Marburg epidemic already paid for by taxpayer dollars in the recent PREP Act. Todd Callender said that inside the lipid nanoparticles, there are sealed pathogens, including E. coli, Marburg, and Ebola, and that different pathogens can be released by different frequencies, pulsed through the 5G network. Inside of these shots that people already received, inside the lipid nanoparticles, the hydrogel, there exists pathogens inside of the particles that have not yet opened. Those pathogens are chimeric. They include E. coli Marburg, Ebola staphylococcus and brewer's yeast amongst others. We know that upon the broadcast from the 5G system that is now employed across the United States and the world for that matter, um, when they broadcast an 18 gigahertz signal uh, for one minute, three different times as a pulse, it will cause those lipid nanoparticles to swell and release these pathogenic contents, thereby causing a Marburg epidemic that they've already spent the money on. They've already, it's already done, right? The Marburg epidemic for purposes of the law has happened and now we just need the actual uh, disaster to happen. And, and there's actually worse parts to it than that, including the 1P36 gene deletion that effectively will turn those poor people into zombies. As odd as that sounds, our government's preparing for that. He also points out that 1P36 gene deletion is the number one side effect of the Pfizer shots, a disease with zombie-like symptoms that make a person aggressive with a propensity to bite. The CDC published a public service announcement on the preparedness for a zombie apocalypse in 2011. That same year, Con Plan 8888-11, Counter Zombie Dominance, was published. The military's advanced ammunition known as multi-purpose rounds are single rounds comprised of multiple projectile options to be chosen via direct communication from the tank fire control to the cartridge chambered in the breech. So it would make sense to arm weaponized vaccines the same way. Popular online personality Jason Shirka has recently posted a warning that on October 4th, FEMA will be using 5G frequencies to activate nanopathogens in the blood of the vaccinated. On October 4th at 2.22 p.m. Eastern Time, the emergency broadcast system will be activated across the entire United States under the leadership of FEMA, disguised as a test. However, this test will be used to send a specific high-frequency signal through devices like smartphones, radios, and TVs with the intention of activating graphene oxide and other nanoparticles that have been inserted into billions of human beings around the world through the obvious mediums. If the October 4th date does not occur for any reason, the backup plan will be to do it on October 11th at the same time. 
In the case that this is not able to be stopped, I ask you all to shut off your phones and all other relevant devices at 2 p.m. Eastern time for a period of two hours to be safe. I don't know who this guy is, but I will add that we probably want to turn the 5G off for good. And we definitely need to take control of our government because a plan as diabolical as this would be game over. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Again, remember, they can't kill Americans unless the president signs off on it. So you can bet that he is well aware, even in his zombified state, (laughs) of what's going on. He at least had to sign a piece of paper, even if he isn't aware of what the piece of paper said. That's some scary stuff. And let's see here. (laughs) Excuse me. Trying to remember what this last one was about. (laughs) I will have to be surprised. But I do remember it was good when I looked at it. Um, Another Greg Reese report. Here we go. The counterculture is now aware of false flags, operations that are executed by the powers that be and blamed on someone else, are now being called out in real time on social media platforms, despite all the censorship. It's becoming popular, and if the powers that be can no longer trick us, then they will try and hurt us. According to the scientific data, nearly all humans have a certain degree of psychic awareness, and some of us become acutely aware of it. The term remote viewing was coined by the U.S. Department of Defense when they began training people in this field. It is the art of viewing an unknown target at any distance within the mind's eye and retrieving accurate data. To refine this data, remote viewers work together as a team and look for redundant data. When we look at remote viewing data, if one person says something, you know, that's interesting. If two describe the same thing, that's a little more weight when three or four describe the same thing. We pretty much take that to the bank. Remote viewing teams such as the Future Forecasting Group work with a double blind protocol. This means that they do not know where or what the target is. The information they are given is an arbitrarily designated number, such as A9I5-Q7K4. As they blindly view the target in a meditative state of focus, imagery is flashed in the mind and immediately sketched out and collected. The Future Forecasting Group has been successful at predicting the Panama Canal incident, the destruction of the Kokovka Dam in Ukraine, the Halloween stampede in South Korea, police violence at the Canadian trucker protest, and many others, which can all be found at futureforecastinggroup.com. The Future Forecasting Group was recently assigned the target of the next financial crisis, but the entire team was all distracted by overpowering images of a catastrophic event. They all saw the same thing, massive explosions with multiple points of impact, small particles and debris falling from the sky, people sick with cesium, which is the most dangerous of all radioactive isotopes used in dirty bomb scenarios. They saw police checkpoints, people seeking shelter underground, and an exodus of sad-looking people. 
Remote viewing goes back in the written record for millennia and has been repeated in the current scientific record for decades. According to this body of work, most people are able to do this. And this is why Cliff High's predictive linguistics program works. By reading the entirety of human language across the World Wide Web, the program will list repeated words and phrases in all languages, creating a macroscopic view of what everyone is talking about. So if all humans are psychic, whether they know it or not, then you would see it in the collective chatter, especially for traumatic events. The bigger the trauma, the more people would be emoting their anxiety online. And key words can be found, such as the word ejecta, which has been showing up in Cliff High's work, which shows the same event. My data had, has very rarely had this particular set of words show up in it, and one of it was ejecta. Ejecta, as though... Ejecta. And, and that was in our remote viewing data, like, yeah. Predictive linguistics reveals a time frame of when a big event happens at the point in time when the tension language ends and the release language begins. The tension language is the psychic awareness before an event, and the release language is the event itself as everyone is made aware. Based on this, Cliff High sees this event happening near the end of the year. Both the Predictive Linguistics and the Future Forecasting Group saw that this was a decision that was made by some faction of government. And they propose that if enough eyes are on the powers that be, then maybe it will never happen. We are in this period of time that I call uncertainty, okay? Mm -hmm. And throughout, so from here to the event is an uncertain period of time in which we will feel uncertainty as we move towards this event. But I'm of the opinion that we can do things now that will alter the potential future that would arise. And so people out there, if we, I'm of the opinion that if we've got enough people to talk about this and know about this, it would make uh, both of us into bull because it wouldn't happen. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So there you have it. That's the Greg Reese videos for today. And I think they're all pretty interesting and they all kind of uh, point in the same direction, I think. Um, this event, they say towards the end of the year, well, you know, next Wednesday, October 4th, is a ways from the end of the year. But who knows, maybe what's planned for the 4th will get kicked down the road until November or December. Hard to say, but... Um, you never know. We have to keep an eye out and watch things. You know, hopefully, if enough people are talking about this, uh, there won't be, you know, they'll they'll decide against doing it. But, you know, we have to wait and see. One of, uh, one of my uh, listeners sent me an email recently, and um, it had to do with the same idea here. And I'm trying to find it. Actually, what it was was a PDF that came from um, StopTheCrime.org or net or whatever. I can't remember or .com. I'm, I'm, let me see if I can find it here real quick. I've already uh, put it on the Telegram channel, so anybody that wants it can go there and download it. It's like 16 pages long, and where I just have to scroll through here and find the right one. Shouldn't be that far. Uh, there we go. 
It's emergency alert frequency warfare. And it's quite a um, interesting document. Let me see. I should be able to share this. Do, 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 do. There we go. All righty. Um, they've got a lot of stuff in here. And like I said, you can go to my uh, uh, Telegram channel and download this. It's, it's the last thing I put up there today. But uh, Frequency Warfare, warning, emergency broadcast alert system set to activate on October 4th, 2023. This test may not be what you think. Understand uh, what you may face and take action. U.S. FEMA cell phone TV radio emergency alert test set for October 4th. See the pivotal article below. Let's see if we can get this to open up here. Two national emergency alert systems will be tested on October 4th. And let me see if I can add this in to the streaming. Um... There we go. Should be showing them both, I think. I don't know if they're set well. Hmm. I guess on top of each other. Well, let's look at this. A nationwide uh, test of emergency alert systems is scheduled for early October. Although it is only a routine test of systems designed to inform the public about in incoming threats and alerts, or the alerts can still be a bit jarring. To ease your anxieties about receiving any unfamiliar notifications while on the road or getting a text without your telltale ringtone, here's what you uh, we know about the test. What is the nationwide test? <laughs> and this is from the Federal Emergency Management Agency in coordination with the Federal Communications Commission. They're going to conduct this test, the emergency alert system, on October 4th. Federal Emergency Man uh, Management Agency, FEMA, in, a court, in coordination with the FCC, or Federal Communications Commission, will conduct a nationwide test of the Emergency Alert System, EAS, and the Wireless Emergency Alerts, or WEA. Both organizations are coordinating with EAS participants, emergency managers, wireless providers, and other stakeholders in order to maximize the public safety value of the test and minimize confusion. When will the nationwide test happen? The national test consists of two portions that will test the capabilities of the WEA and the EAS. Both tests are scheduled to begin at approximately 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, October 4th, according to FEMA. And that's about uh, one week and one hour from now. <laughs> Excuse me. If the October 4th test is postponed due to widespread severe weather or another significant event, a backup test will take place on Wednesday, October 11th. Why are the emergency alert systems being tested? <laughs> so we can kill a bunch of people. Now, according to FEMA, the purpose of the test on October 4th is to ensure that each system continues to effectively warn the public about emergencies, particularly those on a national level. And what will happen during the test? Well, people will die. No. <laughs> Let's see, the WEA portion of the test will go directly to all consumer cell phones. It is the third nationwide test, but only the second to be directed to all cellular devices. 
FEMA reports that the text message will display in either English or Spanish for each consumer, depending on the language settings of their phone. The EAS portion of the test will be sent to all radios and televisions. This is the seventh nationwide EAS test. Details on the uh, WEA test, the WEA portion of the test will use the FEMA's Integrated Public Alert and Warning Systems, or IPAWS, uh, a centralized internet-based system that enables authorities to send emergency messages to the public through various communications networks. This test will be administered via a code sent to cell phones. All wireless phones should receive the message only once. The cell towers will broadcast the test for approximately 30 minutes, during which all WEA-compatible phones that are on, within range of an active cell tower, and whose wireless provider participates in the WEA, should be capable of receiving the message, according to, the FEMA, to FEMA. The test re uh, message will say, This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed or ESTA, esta es una preuba, preuba? Anyway, del Sistema Nacional de Alerta de Emergencia. No se necesita aquí on. I think. Sorry if I botched the Spanish, because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Other than yo quiero Taco Bell. Anyway, for phones uh, with the main uh, menu set to Spanish. Anyway, it is accompanied by a unique tone and vibration. All major providers participate in WEA on a voluntary basis. To find out if your phone can receive WEA alerts, you can contact your wireless provider. Details on the EAS test. EAS message will be sent out as a common alerting protocol message via the iPods open platform for emergency networks. The test is scheduled to last for approximately one minute and will be conducted with the participation of radio and telephone, uh, television broadcasters, cable system, wireline uh, video providers, and satellite radio and television providers, according to FEMA. The test message will be similar to the monthly test that is, uh, the public is familiar with. It uh, will say this is a nationwide test of the emergency alert system issued by the Federal Emergency Management Agency covering the United States from 1420 to 1450 hours Eastern time. This is only a test. No action is required by the public. The message will be will interrupt programming only once before regular programming continues. And it'll probably be at the best part of the show and you're going to miss your good stuff. <laughs> uh, got a tip or a story idea? Contact somebody. Let's see here. But anyway... That's what this thing says about it. And that's from Delaware Online. Do, 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 do. Let's see here. Um, let's go back to this thing. Do, 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 do. There we go. So anyway, they got uh, there's links in here. Two emergency national alert systems tested. Here's what to know. Uh, what is nationwide test? Kind of covers what we just went over. 
According to FEMA, the purpose for the test on October 4th is to ensure that each system continues to effectively warn the public about emergencies, particularly those on a national level. People need to understand that there is more behind this test than we are being told. People also need to understand that FEMA is not federal. FEMA manages the aftermath of pre-planned attacks. <laughs> That's pretty much true. FEMA is a lethal agency that creates emergencies so that they can manage them and create their alleged desired lethal goals. Backdoor access to your wireless devices has been secretly granted to create a blacklist of individuals to target. The World Economic Forum has been quietly granted backdoor access to billions of cell phones as part of a plot to compile blacklists of users who hold politically incorrect views and commit wrong speak. Well, I guess I'm on that list. How about you? <laughs> Targeted individuals for many years have been tracked, monitored, injured, or murdered from frequencies from many devices, including but not limited to cell phones. When electronic devices are in close proximity, they can exchange an individual's full ID between electronic devices. After a period of time, it can analyze the ID stored in the electronic device and generate a social credit score. After a subject period or subsequent period of time, they can change the individual's partial ID with a new one, reflecting information garnered from the cell phone as a result of the EBS. Warning. Testing all wireless connectivity will secretly now de uh, allow deployment of social credit score system. Hmm. Interesting. And they have a patent image uh, thing here, another link. What will happen during this test? Lurch your, lurch your cell phone are frequency weapons. The WEA portion of the test will go directly to all consumer cell phones. It is a third nationwide test, but only the second to be uh, directed to, to all cell devices. FEMA reports that the text message will display either in English or Spanish for each consumer, depending on the language settings of their phone. EAS portion of the test will be sent to all radios and televisions. This is the seventh nationwide EAS test. Details. The WEA portion of the test will uh, use FEMA's integrated public alert and warning systems. Uh, that's pretty much what I've already covered on the other thing. Um, the details of the message. Cell phones and all wireless technologies are directed energy weapons. Ew. Um, let's see here. Satellite frequencies can be beamed to specific individuals with increased frequencies and can result in human combustion. Ew, fun. Keep in mind that all porous materials are packed with heavy metals from uh, years of geoengineering. This includes metals in all foods, water, and air, which now can be uh, can cause spontaneous human combustion. Interesting. Smart meters. Global smart grid uh, can be pulsed. Isn't that wonderful? Dirty electricity. And this thing, you know, like I said, it's got... Um, 16 pages of all kinds of stuff and you like i said you can download it directly from the uh, telegram channel and uh, for those who are not familiar with the telegram channel give me a second and i will put the link to it in the um chat room there uh, we go
Okay, where is... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Every time I set up the streaming, it changes my viewing setup. There's the link for the Telegram channel. So you can click that if you're a member of Telegram. If you're not, you're going to have to sign up first. But you can go there and get this entire document directly from the Telegram channel. But lots and lots of stuff. And uh, some of the other things it covers in here, FEMA executive orders, and these are things that have been in place pretty much since Kennedy was in office. Number one, one allows housing and finance authority to reclo relocate communities, build new housing with public funds, designate areas to be abandoned, and establish new locations for populations. In other words, they can relocate people all over the place. Allows for de facto corporate government to take over all models of transportation and control of highways and seaports. Allows the de facto corporate government to seize and control the communications media. Allows our de facto, de facto government to uh, take over all electric power, gas, petroleum, fuels, and minerals. Allows the de facto go corporate government to take over all food resources and farms. Yeah. So if you've got stored foods, according to this, they can supposedly come in your house and take it all. Uh, good luck with that. And the health symptoms from all wireless devices, including military weaponization of the atmosphere, a uh, component of chemtrails. And uh, as you can see, tons of things, confusion, short-term memory loss, inability to focus, brain fog, sluggish thinking, difficulty concentrating, headaches, migraines, vision disruption or eye problems, eye pain, cataracts, head or chest pressure, allergies, difficulty breathing, respiratory problems, and it goes on and on and on and on. It gets on agitation, anxiety, depression, suicide, tension, irritability, tremors, um, skin problems, ear pain, tinnitus, bedwetting, urinary problems. Um, going a little further here, electronic harassment, stalking, mind control, controlling thoughts, directing physical actions, V2K, uh, voice to skull, ouch. Uh, violent behavior, autism, ADHD, weakened immune system, high blood pressure, leg cramps, physical weakness or pain, um, lupus, damage uh, mitochondria, free radical damage and aging, worsening existing poor health, impotence, infertility, birth defects, lifespan decreases by plus or minus eight years, uh, heart attack, pacemaker defibrillation, um, rare deadly brain gliomas, uh, leukemia, cancer, diabetes, um, food allergy, atopic dermatitis, itching and chapped skin on the trunk, rheumatism, benign uterine fibroid tumors, dehydration, kidney damage, and the list goes on. <laughs> so lots of things that can be caused by cell phones. What fun. And they have uh, places where you can go to find out what uh, cell towers look like and where they are in your area. Um, descriptions of the 4G, 5G systems. Uh, cell phone apps. There are several cell phone apps available that can help you find cell towers near you. Here are some of our favorites. Open Signal, iOS, Android, WeBoost, Cell Mapper. Yeah, a buddy of mine... Uh, checked his recently he says like there was 400 and some cell towers within like three miles of him it's like good grief 
and that's because you know 5g there's so many of those now because they're they have to be close together to to make things work frequency warfare hmm. okay let's see finally watch the cooking of humanity interview with deborah tavares and microwave warfare expert barry thrower just for the fun of it let's check a little of this uh, I'm set up the stream. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Hello, this is Deborah Tavares with StopTheCrime.net, and I'm here with Barry Trower from the UK. And we're going to be talking about specifically this document today that was found on the White House website. And uh, it's entitled, Realizing the Full Potential of Government Health Spectrum to Spur Economic Growth. And it says, President's Council of Advisors on Science Technology, dated July the 20th of 2012. Now, um, we're quite honored to have an opportunity to discuss a uh, document with uh, Barry today. And a little bit about Barry uh, is he is, of course, visiting uh, the United States right now from the UK. And uh, in the very early 60s, he was trained as a government microwave warfare it, by the establishment for the microwave warfare establishment. And he looked at aspects of microwave warfare and when he finished the time that he spent in the military, uh, he had had a lot of expertise in the microwave field and he was asked to carry on with this research. And um, it was a new Cold War that he discovered with microwave. Would there be anything else you'd like to add to that? Only that uh, microwaves from the 50s were used as a stealth weapon as they still are today only they are obviously much much more sophisticated. The 50s was really a trial time where different countries were just using people who had no choice, prisoners, uh, psychiatric patients, dissidents <clears throat> and they were just it was really beam them with this for as long as it takes and see if this frequency or pulse frequency has any effect and if it does we try a different type of group but they had uh, 25 different categories of people uh, including children mm -hmm. and pregnant women mm -hmm. uh, 25 different categories and so from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we've been developing microwave weapons right up to today and they are 
incredibly sophisticated today. So if any government says that microwaves have no effect on you, the question is why have you been spending billions upon billions of dollars with the military for the last 60 years improving them? Well, that would be true. And in this document, Terry, um, it has a number of experts that are involved mm -hmm. in this particular technology and in this particular document. And I'll just name a few of those experts now. Uh, they're called the key uh, members and, ex and spectrum experts, and they would include, and not limited to, um, Stanford University, because of course many universities are involved in this technology that are funded by the military. Um, but the White House uh, Spectrum Management Team is Google, Microsoft, Stanford, and Harvard Universities, and I want to draw the attention of Harvard University as being one of the universities involved in the origination of the Silent Weapons Quiet Wars uh, uh, technical manual that is on StopTheCrime.net. But also uh, Virginia Tech, UC Berkeley, the National Telecommunications and Information Association, the FCC, and NSA, and there are many others that are involved in this as well. So as we go through this, Barry, I would like for you to explain um, some of what you see in this document, if you would, um, because it's going through uh, a 13 pages. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep okay. it near me. Okay. It's, uh, it's 13 <coughs> pages. And um, they're talking about what the purpose of the spectrum is for. Mm -hmm. And if we could flip just slowly, uh, each portion, it represents one page that is on our website. Okay. Um, one of the things you said, the universities, yes. for instance, yes. <clears throat> um, they may not be guilty. And, and I can give you an example. The government holds massive amounts of funds for research, <coughs> and the universities apply for research grants. Now, to give you one example in the United States, uh, the government asked one university if it could devise a method whereby if you beamed microwaves into somebody's ears the vibrational frequencies in the cochlea they would actually produce sound in the person's head so nobody else around you can hear but just the one person being beamed can hear the sound mm -hmm. and the university were told that this would aid the deaf enormously because people could talk into a device and they would just hear it straight through. <clears throat> it was also picked up by the superstore manufacturers who said well we can we can also use this for good because if we have shoplifters we can beam the pulse frequencies to the shoplifters to say you're being watched put this down mm -hmm. and we will prevent crime and that was used for good but it didn't take people very long 
especially the military and other superstores, to think, well, hang on, we can use this for our own devices. So the military can now put voices into people's heads to do whatever deed they wish it to achieve. And the superstores have also realized that rather than say, put that down, you're going to steal it. If you're indecisive and you're, you're, you're shopping, they can say, you really do want to buy this. And after nine months, uh, and, and I, I, I got the figure from one of your courts because um, somebody took one of your superstores to court for beaming them. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, they made a phenomenal profit in just nine months. Phenomenal profit. Uh, but because your Federal Communications Committee say microwaves are safe, the case fell. Right, because they know the standards. <coughs> no. so, well, they know what the standards yeah. are. They're so just not all I'm saying, when you're reading out the universities, uh, and they may be acting totally innocently. And it may be that the recipients, after the research is done, say, now we will turn this to our advantage. And that's very possible because oh, so much is compartmentalized. <laughs> and, and that's how they're keeping this monster escalating yes, to it, the it, degree that they are. It's deception. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I find so true in the silent weapons document is they talk about <clears throat> the real and the stated goals. And so what we're seeing are what the real goals are, but what they tell us the state of goals are. So we're buying a lot of this advancement in technologies based on what sounds good as a stated goal, but then there's the real goal. And I think as a global population, uh, when you look at the silent weapons protocol, um, that's that 44-page document that we spoke about just a bit ago. Uh, we can see that this is a well-planned uh, program overall by a few. And uh, so certainly while many are unaware of what is happening, a few are. The most wealthy, knowledgeable, the ones with the mythologies to carry out without our knowledge or consent. This was programmed in 1976. I can tell you from the title, I know it's programmed in 1976. Because in 1976, your government produced a list of all of the illnesses that you can develop from continuous low-level microwave radiation. Everything, neurological, physiological illnesses. <clears throat> but in the same document that was released under the Freedom of Information, and I, I've referenced it in my latest paper that I'm reading tonight. Okay. If you get a copy of that paper, it, it's referenced in there. But what your government also did that was rather naughty, um, they asked all of the other governments in the world, the influential governments in the world, basically to deceive the public. And they were to deceive the public really for two reasons. The first is, is to avoid lawsuits. And the second was to protect industrial profit. 
So the bottom line is massive corporate profit. Oh, absolutely, costs. and your government printed it, and I've, I've, yes. it's, I've written it down. Um, they say uh, that the, basically the public must be deceived uh, to protect industrial profit. <clears throat> um, and, and this is here, it's in the title, Economic Growth. That's exactly right, and also in the silent weapons document, which you're well mm. aware of, they also talk about the key to global control is through energy. And we see that happening now with the frequencies and the microwaves. <coughs> it's all energy. We're energy. And they want to control it all, even us. There is a counter-argument, um, mm -hmm. and I, I deliberately do not take sides. Mm -hmm. I, I look at arguments from both sides, mm -hmm. and I decide myself who I think is right and wrong. But a, a counter-argument that I do not accept from the English or the American governments is that enemy countries there are there are some 40 countries developing this technology uh, for all sorts of reasons and the governments argue that to combat if the waves were used on the United States they would know exactly what to look for they would know the frequencies they could jam them uh, and I can go along with that. We pay governments to protect us. What I cannot go along with is the fact that 25 categories of persons without their choice and in many cases without their knowledge are being experimented upon with these particular frequencies to cause all of this. That is wrong. Now, would you say uh, at this point, at the increased level of technology, that we're rough, roughly um, unaware, up to maybe 50 years, uh, they have an advanced technology base, 50 years beyond our even being aware of what they have available? Are you asking, um, I'm not sure I understand fully the question, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, what we're, what we're understanding minimally mm -hmm. is that they, there is a 50-year variation of advanced technologies that are out there 50 years ahead of time that we are unaware even exist right now. No. Um, no, um, you, you can't have technology 50 years hence. Uh, we, we do not have... You can have ideas 50 years hence. Uh, you cannot have technology 50 years hence because the world can't keep that many secrets uh, and scientists there are scientists and, and I go to countries all over the world I go to countries that despise the United States and I go to countries that love the United States I go to countries that are at war with countries I've just left and I really don't take a stand for or against anybody <clears throat> but the, the scientific community that I talk with at these conferences uh, they often say to me if you go to this country please warn them about this scientists in the whole do not want mass genocide they do not want total government control because they have families and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and a lot of the help that I get 
uh, are from uh, talking virtually all night to international scientists who say, well, we've done this, and, and they will say, well, we've also done that. Uh, and if you put these two together, it, it agrees with what he says. Um, so scientists talk, and 50 years hence, uh, it, it wouldn't be kept secret. It okay. wouldn't be kept secret. The ideas can be there, but um, the knowledge which I have today of where we are at the moment cannot be exceeded because we do not have the people that clever to exceed it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop that there. It's an over an hour and a half long. Uh, the link is in the chat room if anybody wants to um, view the entire thing. But, you know, they're talking about the ability to <laughs> cook people with uh, frequencies and that kind of stuff that's been going on for quite some time. And um, scary stuff. And that's what we're dealing with. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Jabbed up Jimmy Kimmel, who once said hospitals shouldn't treat the unvaccinated, cancels live shows after contracting COVID. Oh, isn't that special? All these people that got the jabs are just uh, and are all boosted and everything else. Like they can't figure out why they just keep getting sick and sick and sick and sick. Hmm. Well, wheezy. <laughs> That's your problem. DHS rewards ex-Intel officials who dismissed Hunter Biden's laptop from hell as Russian disinfo. <laughs> there were a couple of things. Uh, here we go. I think this is it. Um, yeah. Dr. Merrill Nass warns World Health Organization treaty uh, pandemic treaty is about global dominion by the few and total control of the masses. Merrill Nass, a biowarfare and epidemics expert, has warned about the globalist agenda to impose a global dominion by the few and total control of the masses. Disguised as an international pandemic treaty under the World Health Organization. Unfortunately, you know, Trump got us out of the WHO and then Biden dragged us back in kicking and screaming. And that bozo is going to go right along with this stuff. According to NAS, whose medical license was suspended in January 2022 by the Maine Medical Board for allegedly spreading COVID misinformation and prescribing ivermectin, the current draft of the treaty and the proposed amendments to the international health regulations would require the public to have an mRNA-based vaccination. However, <clears throat> these vaccines are only produced in 100 days by skipping human trials and reducing safety and efficacy testing to the bare minimum. The treaty gives the general uh, Director General of the World Health Organization additional power to determine which medications can be used by medical emergency, in medical emergencies. This means that the World Health Organization will gain authority over the health care of the public in different states, obliging local health care practitioners to adhere to their directives. The World Health Organization is also set to implement nationwide biosurveillance programs to identify potential pandemic-causing pathogens by testing humans, dem um, domesticated and farm animals and wildlife, as well as inspecting farms, factories, wastewaters, and more. 
Additionally, the World Health Organization General Director can declare a pandemic or even a potential one, but with no predefined criteria to declare one. They just do it whenever they want. Furthermore, the Director General can act based on little more than hearsay. Concrete evidence of an impending or ongoing pandemic is not a prerequisite. Nations are also obliged to monitor and censor social media to push the World Health Organization's narrative. In other words, censor anybody who's telling the truth. The globalist agenda disguised as a treaty implies a loss of medical freedom and bodily autonomy for the masses. World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty Encourages Gain-of-Function Research. In an article published by NAS entitled The, the Who's Proposed Treaty Will Increase Man, uh, Man-Made Pandemics, she pointed out that the treaty encourages gain-of-function research, a euphemism for biological warfare research, to predict future pandemic threats or potential bioweapons. <laughs> They'll just keep doing the, the gain-of-function stuff and release it. Nope, whoops, we got a thing where we're going to have to declare a worldwide pandemic. Meaning the WHO obliges its members to actively search for potentially pandemic-causing pathogens and once found, share them with the many associated research globally. With this strategy, it would be harder to blame a country or organization as all nations are working with the same pathogens. Moreover, the treaty proposes that governments share all viruses and bacteria with pandemic potential with the World Health Organization and other governments, even putting their their genomic sequence online. Oh, great. However, this plan risks exposing dangerous pathogens to hackers and other malicious actors, undermining global security. But that's okay. (laughs) In short, gain-of-function research is explicitly incentivized by the treaty. Ultimately, the World Health Organization Treaty pushes people in the opposite direction of what is required to prevent future pandemics. To effectively prevent pandemics, it is necessary to stop gain-of-function research as it represents the most significant pandemic threat. It is the public who pays the cost of the research and then pays again for the accidents and deliberate leaks. Wouldn't it be better to end gain-of-function research entirely by restricting funding for or or closing the laboratories rather than encouraging the distribution of biological weapons? (laughs) Of course. But then we wouldn't be able to have pandemics whenever we want. If we want a decent future, it is crucial that we would control these weapons instead of proliferating them, Nass wrote. Good grief. And Dr. Francis Boyle issues urgent warning about WHO pandemic treaty. Uh, let's see here. See what he has to say. Do, 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 do. All right, welcome, folks. Mike Adams here, the founder of Brighton.com. And today we have a, a very special guest, someone who is key, just pivotal to the debate and the history of bioweapons and dual-use research into biological weapons. You know him. uh, His name is Dr. Francis Boyle, and he is the author of the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989 that was signed by President Reagan. 
and he has been very active in researching and communicating about these issues that face humanity in the years since, especially since the COVID came upon us. So, Dr. Boyle, it's an honor, sir, to have you on the show. You have done extraordinary work. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Well, uh, thank you, Mike, for having me on, and my best to your uh, listening audience. And I did want to state that uh, I called for and drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, that was passed unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress and signed into law by President George Bush Sr. with the approval of the United States Department of Justice. Oh, wow. Okay. So your research into this spans quite a bit of the existence of the technology, and yet what we're seeing now are you know, new technologies such as CRISPR and gene editing that did not even exist when you first wrote that. So what, what are your concerns now, especially regarding uh, Joe Biden's recent executive order? Right, Mike. In fact, what uh, got me involved in uh, the opposition to biological weapons was that uh, DNA genetic engineering had uh, just come into its infancy uh, back in those days. And it turned out that the Reagan administration and his neoconservatives uh, were abusing DNA genetic engineering for the purpose of developing offensive biological warfare weapons. So what I wanted to do with my uh, legislation uh, was first to to stop that, and then second, any other forms of uh, uh, research, development, testing on biological weapons, including synthetic biology, which is in my statute as well. Uh, mm. That that was anticipated, and it clearly uh, said uh, criminalized uh, uh, synthetic biology, which would be uh, gene editing and uh, CRISPR. So as a matter of fact, at the uh, first convention of the synthetic biologists, uh, one of their primary recommendations uh, was to uh, uh, repeal my Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act because they fully intended to get into using G-editing, CRISPR, etc. for uh, biological warfare purposes. In fact, if you study the public record, uh, Mike, you will find out that the whole field of synthetic biology was set up and funded by the Pentagon by its agency, DARPA, Defense Advanced Research uh, Pro Program Agency. They set this whole thing up. And so yes. uh, uh, whenever you're reading about the miracles of uh, CRISPR, gene editing, remember the Pentagon is behind this. You know, that's, that's a really important point. And our audience is, is quite sophisticated in this realm, and they understand that throughout these past few decades, the neocons have uh, weaponized many different technologies and have used them against uh, civilian populations, for example, in Iraq and in many other areas around the world. It, it has been an abuse of this technology, at least in my opinion. What This is kind of a wild card, but have you followed the accusations of uh, biological weapons research facilities run by the United States in Ukraine? Yes, I have. Uh, and 
remember, uh, those facilities were sent out, set up by the Pentagon. Yes. They were, they were not set up by, uh, you know, Mother Teresa and the Sisters of Charity. The Pentagon specializes in killing people. And from what I have read, uh, all the uh, evidence that has so far come into the uh, public record, yes, indeed, they are consistent with offensive U- U.S. Uh, biological warfare weapons and programs uh, throughout Ukraine, yes. Do you have any sense of whether research milestones were achieved in those facilities, or was it suspended because of the conflict there, or did weapons come out of that over the years that are now in freezers somewhere, or what what was the upshot of that? Well, it does appear they were developing weapons, right, and uh, it does appear some of those weapons at least leaked uh, out of those facilities, setting off uh, you know, exotic types of uh, diseases there. I'm not saying that that they were actually used. I don't even think the Russian government said they were actually used. Uh, and yes, uh, uh, when uh, the Russian government blew the whistle uh, on these uh, programs, they were uh, shut down and all of their uh, biological warfare uh, agents were shipped somewhere else to, to, you know, do the best they could to cover up. Right, right. Well, well, that brings up another question. Do you find that the the in, the information environment today, both from mainstream media but also online and big tech and so on, do you find it shocking how much censorship there is now about even talking about these subjects that that you and I have done interviews about before? But you know, in, I mean, in the 1980s, you you could talk about these things and it was covered in the media. And now there seems to be this denialism that any of this is really going on, doesn't there? Well, all I can do is speak about my uh, personal uh, history here, Mike. Uh, I was the first person to blow the whistle on the fact that the anthrax attacks of October 2001 came out of a U.S. biological warfare uh, program and lab. Uh, That was uh, uh, November 2. 2001 at a convention for the Council for Responsible Genetics held at uh, Harvard Divinity School. And as I was walking uh, into the uh, Div School there, there was a Fox News camera there who interviewed me. And I said, well, sure, this this was uh, super weapons grade uh, anthrax that could only have come out of a U.S. biological warfare uh, weapons uh, uh, program. Uh, and lab, and I have a list of them all back in my office. Uh, back in those days, they were a matter of public record if you look for them. Uh, and then I went in at the conference. I was leading a workshop on on the uh, bio warfare, and I said the same thing. And uh, Professor John King, uh, founder of uh, Council for Responsible Genetics, agreed with me. Then I came back here in my office. I gave a, an interview to. Uh, Pacifica Radio Network to the same effect. And then later that week, I was on the uh, BBC saying that clearly this is an offensive biological warfare weapon that came out of a U.S. uh, program uh, and lab. And then an order was given, and I was never interviewed again by any uh, Western news media source on biological weapons, uh, biological warfare. That then goes back to, I would say, the first week of uh, November uh, 2001. So, of course, yes, there's 
massive uh, uh, censorship, disinformation, everything you can imagine out there. Sure. Well, hence the reason that these alternative platforms like this one, Brighton, are, are so crucial for this. And you've been very gracious, Dr. Boyle, in doing interviews with many alternative or upcoming media platforms. And uh, in fact, today, I'd like to get into the main topic that you mentioned before we began here about the new WHO treaty. You have a real warning for humanity. I'd like to give you the floor on that. And I'll, I'll jump in with, with questions, but uh, go ahead with, with that. What, what's your primary concern? Well, uh, Mike, as I mentioned you before we went on the air, I first wanted to talk about the uh, Biden executive order on advancing uh, uh, biotechnology, uh, which President Biden himself signed in the White House uh, last uh, September. And I won't go through uh, all of it here. The critical language comes at the uh, very end. It's sort of snuck in there. And let me quote for you, Mike, this language, uh, Roman numeral seven, develop and work to promote and implement uh, dot, 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 uh, bile- uh, uh, resources bilaterally and multilaterally to facilitate appropriate oversight for life scientists, dual use research of concern and research involving potentially pandemic and other high-consequence uh, pathogens and manufacturing related to research and development globally. Now, Mike, wow. let me break that down for you. All right, so develop work to promote and implement dual research of concern. Dual research of concern, they are admitting, Mike, that uh, Biden is authorizing and approving in a presidential executive uh, order biological warfare weapons. Dual research means it's offensive and defensive at the same time. And right. to have uh, uh, an effective biological warfare weapon, first you need the uh, weapon and then you need uh, an alleged uh, vaccine or antidote to protect your own people from blowback. So whenever you see dual research of concern, that's even a, a term of art uh, adopted by the United States government. You know they are going to develop uh, biological warfare uh, weapons, again, using uh, DNA genetic engineering, synthetic biology, gene editing, uh, uh, CRISPR-Cas9, et cetera. Right. That's exactly what they're doing here, Mike. And then notice this. And research involving potentially pandemic and other high consequence pathogens. So they admit they are doing dual use research involving pandemic and high consequence pathogens. They admit that. That's what they're doing. This is where COVID-19 comes from, Mike. As I've said before, it is an offensive biological warfare weapon with gain of function properties uh, that was developed by the University of uh, North Carolina Biosafety Level Lab 3 in conjunction with the Wuhan Biosafety Level Lab 4 lab, which is China's Fort Detrick. And I should point out, if you read that UNC BSL-3 contract, uh, not only is the Chinese bat queen on there uh, from Wuhan BSL-4, but Fort Detrick, our own Fort Detrick is involved. So doesn't they this, are this... going to do more of this, Mike. 
We have to understand how serious they they are not stopping. They are doubling down. They are tripling down. And we can then expect more pandemics like COVID-19, Mike. Uh, wow. and okay. If you're if you're uh, reading the news, watching the news media, reading the news media, uh, uh, they're all saying, well, uh, another pandemic is coming. Right. It's coming at, as a result of their programs. That's exactly right. That's how they know another pandemic is coming, Mike. I just want clearly, to yeah, clearly they're so. But this is an executive order, so it, it it's does a presidential not carry... order. It, it's it's not just an executive order. It comes right out of the White House, signed by uh, President Biden himself, and is currently being implemented uh, by uh, any federal agency or contractor with the uh, United States federal government. Yes. But doesn't this contradict existing restrictions and regulations at the NIH, uh, the NIAID, FDA, DHS, and so on? I mean, aren't there aren't there exi- I mean, the 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 Anti Terrorism Act of 1989 that that you authored and so on, or don't we have treaties in place that would disallow this kind of activity or are supposed to? Of course, the Biological Weapons Convention prevents it, and my Biological Weapons Anti Terrorism Act of 1989 criminalize it with uh, life imprisonment. The Department of Justice wanted to put the death penalty in there. Uh, I resisted that because I'm a lifelong abolitionist. I put life imprisonment. The problem, Mike, is that uh, these are all United States government federal agencies. uh, And and the uh, War Department and the CIA are working on this and funding it. So, of course, uh, the Department of Injustice is not going to enforce any of these laws, including my own law. That's the problem here. Wow. Okay. So we we've now entered a realm where this this current administration, uh, much like previous administrations, by the way, um, is actively seeking to overrule or violate laws prohibiting this research, and they are admitting they're engaging in dual use research, which is the development of biological weapons. And out of that, as you're saying, you believe we will have more pandemics. Is that from accidental release, deliberate deployment, enemies getting their hands on it? Or, or what, what kinds of mechanisms do you think would result? Well, it would be both, Mike. Uh, uh, well, all three. But uh, in the case of the anthrax attacks, that was super weapons grade anthrax that uh, came out of Fort Detrick. And that was done deliberately. Uh, in order to ram through the uh, USA Patriot Act through Congress that sets up an American uh, police state and also uh, to provoke uh, uh, and justify a war against uh, uh, Iraq. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stop that one because it's uh, almost an hour long, too. Um, the link is in the chat room in case anybody wants to um, view the entire thing. So let's see. Where else, what else is going on here? Hmm. Does water expire? Basic guide to storing tap water for survival. Hmm. Yeah. Here's some important tips on how to store tap water for long-term use. This guide also explains the science behind keeping your tap water safe. First off, tap water ain't safe. (laughs) You need to filter that stuff. Every member of your household, including your pets or livestock, if you have any, 
will have different needs, which will depend on their age, diet, health, physical condition, and weather. If you tracked every drop, you'd be surprised at how much water each of you consumes in a day. Store one gallon of water per person in your household per day for as many days as utilities could go off, could be off during an emergency. A family of five would need 15 gallons for three days or 70 gallons for two weeks. Store additional water for your pets, livestock, or as backup as needed. You should also store separate water supplies for cooking, hygiene, cleaning, and other purposes. Use the right container. Storing tap water in your home is realistically dependent on its use, your available space, budget, ingenuity, and knowledge of storage and filtration purification principles. Stackable portable water bricks. Water bricks are portable stackable containers made out of incredibly rugged high-density polyethylene that can hold 3.5 gallons of water. They were designed to be locked and stacked together for maximum storage capacity. Each water brick has a comfortable or comfort fit handle and a spigot, and you can stack them in your bug out vehicle. Hmm. I wonder if that's what this little thing is. Huh. Could be. That looks awful big, though. Um. Be careful not to stack them excessively, since overstacking can cause containers at the bottom to crack under the weight. Heavy-duty barrels. You can't go wrong with 55-gallon water barrels. I got a bunch of those. They're made from sturdy food-grade plastic and have hung uh, bungs at the top that can be sealed uh, super tight in order to protect the water from contamination. The plastic is BPA-free and UV-resistant because they're made of opaque plastic. Two of them will give a family of four about 27 days worth of water. But there are a few downsides to using heavy-duty barrels. First, they take space. Second, they're quite costly. <laughs> One barrel costs around 90 bucks. Well, I guess now. I bought mine years ago, and uh, I think I paid 10 or $15 a piece for them at the time. You'll also need to buy a pump and a specialty drinking water hose to fill them up. Uh, yeah, it's a potable water hose. Finally, they're not very portable. Yeah, full barrel weighs 440 pounds. You'll want to a more portable option in case you have to bug out. Yeah, this is for static use only. Bathtub water bladders. If you live in an apartment, consider getting a BPA-free bathtub-sized food-grade plastic container that can be attached to the faucet of your tub so you can fill it with fresh tap water. The container can be uh, can keep your water safe and free from contamination. You should also consider a water bob, B-O-B, that can hold 100 gallons of water, or a uh, aquapod that can hold 65 gallons of water. According to the manufacturer, the water bob uh, can keep water fresh for up to 16 weeks. It also includes a siphon pump for extracting water quickly. Um, this is a perfect emergency water storage if you live in an apartment. Water storage in different size containers. Having water stored in 3.5 gallon, 5 gallon, 55 gallon drums is great if you are bugging in. <laughs> but many large water containers can be tough to keep inside or hide outside. 
So remember to also store water for individual servings, such as water bottles that you can uh, carry uh, with you wherever you go. If you're going to use plastic containers, make sure they are food grade plastic that's BPA free so that no chemicals leach into your water. Using opaque, opaque containers is a good idea because direct sunlight can cause organisms like algae to grow if there are any pores or spores in the water. You can buy uh, sturdy camping water containers at your local superstore. They're a bit expensive, but they'll hold water for years. Glass containers are also a good option, though they're heavy and breakable. Sanitize your water containers. You can run water through the, uh, you can run small water con uh, containers through the dishwasher using a hot water cycle and clean them with hot soapy water, just like you do your canning jars. It's important to use containers that are easy to clean and don't have little nooks and crannies that can harbor bacteria. If you, uh, you can use a liquid household bleach that contains 4 to 6% sodium hypochlorite and combine it with water. Do not use bleach that contains detergent or fragrances. Mix the solution through thoroughly in your container and let it stand for a good 10 to 20 minutes depending on the size of your container. Remove the sanitizing solution, then rinse your container again with potable water. You can also use a water treatment or preserver, uh, which is easy to find in most stores. Just make sure you're getting an EPA-approved product that's uh, tested and proven to extend water shelf life. Label your water containers. Label each container with the date you filled it with tap water and stored it. Labeling will help you know when to change the water inside. Store your water properly. Store your water in a cool, dry, dark location to prevent sunlight, heat, and humidity from causing algae growth or bacterial contamination. Sunlight promotes the growth of microbes, so store your containers away from direct sunlight, and sun also breaks down some plastic containers, so it's important to use BPA-free containers. Hot water takes up more space than cool water, so you may have a problem with your containers swelling and leaking. If possible, elevate the containers using pallets or shelves to prevent them from touching the floor. Avoid storing water near chemicals, fuel, or toxic substances that can leach into the water. And rotate stored water. Water doesn't go bad, but it can get slightly acidic after a while because of small percentage of it gets converted into carbonic acid when exposed to air. This makes it conducive for bacterial growth. Considering that and the fact that bleach or chlorine breaks down, you should rotate water every six months or so. Use the FIFO, first in, first out method. You can use old stored water to water your plants or other purposes for on your homestead. Hmm. And let's see here. Here's a little video about storing water. Come on. Hello YouTube family. Well, it's time to update my water. When I say update, what am I talking about? I'm talking about every six months, I actually dump out all my water storage and um, redo it. Uh, why? Because I want my water to taste good, I want it to be fresh, and I want it to be 
ready. Now, with the weather that we're experiencing right now, it's a little difficult to do. So I'm going to do it right here at the kitchen sink, and I'm going to show you exactly what has to happen. I've already emptied this out. Uh, it's a little dusty, but I've already emptied this out, dried it out yesterday, and uh, we'll show you exactly what has to happen. This is what they call an aqua brick. You can actually buy these online. I'll put a link down below. I only have a couple of these. I actually picked these up for $6. When I say update, what am I talking about? I'm talking about every six months, I actually dump out all my water storage and um, redo it. Uh, why? Because I want my water to taste good, I want it to be fresh, and I want it to be ready. Now, with the weather that we're experiencing right now, it's a little difficult to do. So I'm going to do it right here at the kitchen sink, and I'm going to show you exactly what has to happen. I've already emptied this out. Uh, it's a little dusty, but I've already emptied this out, dried it out yesterday, and uh, we'll show you exactly what has to happen. This is what they call an aqua brick. You can actually buy these online. I'll put a link down below. I only have a couple of these. I actually picked these up for $6 a piece at a local thrift store. These things are not cheap, but like I said, if you're interested, I'll put a link down below. Uh, I normally use just use the Walmart uh, blue uh, water containers. So let's go ahead and get started. First things first, we gotta be able to figure out how much bleach we're actually gonna put in it. Uh, the, uh, they talk about eight drops per gallon. This is a three gallon container. I don't have a dropper, but you can actually do the math and figure out how many milliliters to use. You can actually go to Walmart, buy yourself a little syringy syringy here, and you can do that. And you can, I, so three gallons, uh, eight drops times three gallons, that's 24 drops, which is 0.9 teaspoons, which basically is one teaspoon. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, I, I normally pour my bleach into one of these. You can pick them up at Walmart. I'll see if I can't find a link for you. I don't know. Uh, I'll see if I can't find a link for these. Um, but uh, I normally just put a little bit. That way I don't have to play with the bottle. What I'll normally do is I'll just put a little bit in there and then whatever I don't use, I'll just put back into uh, the container. I can just pour it back into the container. There's our starting point right there. Let's put some water in this jug. The important thing to remember while we do this is that, and hopefully it's not too loud, is that this is not a monumental task. Anybody can do this. If you can buy yourself some Clorox bleach, make sure that it's not the scented. Uh, this is actually the recommended kind, the disinfecting bleach. Uh, you can actually go to the Clorox webpage and see exactly what the amount of bleach that you're supposed to use per gallon. It can be a little iffy from time to time. But the reality is, is that this is not a crazy task. There is no real science to this whatsoever. Basic elementary school mathematics will get you through this process. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do a cut scene now so that we don't have to wait for me to fill this up in my kitchen sink. Now my water is filled to the rim and all we're going to do is we're just going to, we're going to take up some, some bleach inside of there and then get that bubble out of there and then we're going to push this down to 0.9 or roughly one milliliter which is half of this it's in two just about that it's literally that easy and then I'm going to go squirt just like that I probably could have done that a little bit less uh, and then we're going to put the cap on it we're just going to make sure that the seal the the uh, 
the, the, the ring itself is in good shape, the rubber seal, or silicone in this case, and also the threads are clean. And then all we're going to do is we're just going to cap it right off. And then what I'll do is I'll crank it down good and tight, and I'll just give it a quick shake just to make sure that it's mixed up as well as it's going to get. Okay, so it's really that easy. You, you find something to store the water in, you put the water in the container, you put some bleach in it, eight drops per gallon. Uh, the Clorox, this particular type of Clorox has a different measurement, but I understand that. I did the math. You can go to the website to figure that stuff out. A couple of variables. One, if this is city tap water, it has already been treated. Do not put chlorine in it because it'll be extra chlorine and you probably won't like that when you have to drink it. Uh, this is well water that I'm using, and well water will leave mineral deposits inside. of It'll almost, turn to, almost get like a green film on the inside of the plastic. It's not very cool, but it won't kill you. So I always put the bleach in there just to make sure that it's going to keep the water as stable as possible. Another thing that I also do is I'm also going to be, my plan is to actually filter my water regardless. This is the water machine. I will leave a link uh, down below if you are interested. Uh, it is definitely worth the investment. And the filters are less than half the price of an actual Berkey, set of Berkey filters. Absolutely awesome machine. And uh, I, I even keep a bucket of water underneath it just to uh, have water instantly on demand. And I can pour it right into the machine. It's a process that I use daily. Okay, so no more excuses. I hope this helped you. Uh, if you have any questions, leave them down below in the comments. If you have any comments, I'd like to hear how you do it if you do it in like any differently. Or even if you disagree with what I'm saying. I think that's really going to basically cover it. It's really not rocket science. I really hope you guys start to do this kind of thing. It's, uh, it's a game changer in a survival situation. Okay, until the next time, stay safe, have a great day, and I'll see you when I see you. Bye-bye. Alrighty, turn that off. Um, I also put a link to the water machine uh, that he was talking about in the uh, chat room. And if I remember right, um, Samuel, if he's able to unmute, could probably uh, refresh us. Uh, there was a guy that uh, came up with some really, 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 really good water filters. And uh, off the top of my mind i mean he did uh wind generators and all kinds of stuff but one of the things he had was uh water filters that would uh, or filter elements that would fit right into a Burkfeld or some of these other devices uh samuel do you have that guy's name and website by chance james mckinney ah that's it bingo <laughs> yeah and those those filters go in upside down so they're in the clean water hmm. so you put them at the bottom of your berkey Okay. In the clean water. That's how they work. Hey, Jim. Yes, sir. Those filters absolutely suck. Which ones? James McCannies. Uh-oh. <laughs> Gene and, and I ordered a bunch of them. We have a Berkey. Mm -hmm. We set it on there, and they stopped working within a week. Really? Yep. Did you complain about them, Gary? And what did he say? It didn't bother. What it is is the particulate matter. Yeah, that's what where I'm go right up, go up, right side up in the Berkey. The the particulate matter filters in, you know, stays in the the upper part of the Berkey. With his filters, since they go in upside down, all that particulate matter, the 
you know, tiny microscopic digits go into the filter and they plug them up. So yeah, we, we, uh, my my system, Gary, pr probably why I'm, it's working better for me is uh, I get one of those. Uh, I have three containers, and the first container because I have a lot of particulate in my well water. Um, yep. I I let that gravity flow through a uh, one of those spun inexpensive filters, you know, like a five dollar whole house filter. I try to get all that out before I even let them get get to my Berkeys. I haven't put gyms in yet, but um, that's normally what I do anyway. Tell me how they work for you, because we weren't happy at all, and and the whole purpose of me filtering water, so I don't have to pre-filter it. So, sure, but we're we use well water. So I'm just saying, I wouldn't pay money for them again. I was not happy with them. And I didn't know. I didn't bother to call him back because I was pretty upset. Yeah, I just got a well test uh, kit, and then I've I've kept my Berkeys in because I want to test that water compared to his, and see what the results are and stuff too. So I'll, I'll let you guys know when I know more. Thanks, that'd be great. You know, I like James McC James McCanny. I think he's done some great work and stuff, but. I, like I said, I wasn't happy with his, his water filters. Now, he does say you need to, uh, that you can buy his pre-filter water filter. <laughs> but yeah, and by the time you do all that, I'm figuring you're back up to the cost of buying some Aqua Rains or Berkey's or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So we get about a, we get six months or so at least out of a set of, just regular Berkey filters, but we probably change them more than we need to. But Gina does once a month take them out and clean them and put them back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to get uh, several years out of my Berkeys. Uh, of course, it was just myself and my wife, <clears throat> and um, we're on a well, but I have a water softener, so it goes through a lot of that first. And um, I was using my budget Berkey, which was the Lexan uh, food-grade uh, containers, and they were sitting right next to a window. Biggest problem I had, and these were the white elements uh, from back in the 90s, um, they would start to have uh, uh, algae growth on them. They'd start turning green. So I would take them out and scrub them off and, you know, every so often. But um, basically from what I got from uh, one of the Berkey reps I had talked to, um, you get to the point where you scrub those elements until the, the charcoal on the inside starts to show through. You see little black coming through on the white, and that's basically, you know, either that or if the water stops going through it, that's the way you know that it's time to replace them. And I would get, uh, out of two elements, I would get about... Um, generally two to three years at least uh out of those and um, the water was always good never had any problems always tasted good was uh, clean all that good stuff like i said the biggest problem i had was the because it was in those transparent uh containers the sunlight was causing algae growth on them so i'd just get in there and scrub it out real good and uh, put them back together and off we went again and uh I yeah, really even even with that that whole house filter pre-filter that I do, I I put a third container on top before it even gets into the Berkeys. Even with that, I've got to scrub those Berkeys every few months because 
that red stuff, whatever it is, goes through that filter and builds up on the Berkey, and in time, it, it won't filter anymore. That's yeah, probably so i got to take it out, and Iron I oxide. use, like, a Scotch-Brite on it, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I always use the Scotch-Brite, and uh, did a good job. And yeah. I still got that's plenty of those sense. left, and I've got uh, a couple of the stainless steel units of still in the boxes I've never opened. Um, the the, the the claim the same with with McKenny's is without the added thing for the Berkey, it takes out um, chlorine and um, fluoride, fluoride and stuff like that. So yeah, the Berkeys will take out chlorine all by themselves, but the fluoride is the problem. You need the post filters for that. Yeah, we don't okay. have fluoride, so I'm not worried about that. Yeah, we don't have either. chlorine, so I'm not worried about that either. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, you know, like being on the well, I don't have to worry about that stuff. It's just the uh, volatile VOCs and you know, other kind of garbage. But, um, you know, the amount of time it takes that stuff to get from the farmland through all the clay and everything down into the groundwater, um, chances are, you know, and, and nature does the best job of filtering. <laughs> I think the stuff that gets into the groundwater is usually in pretty good shape. But uh, I still want to run it through just to be safe. And uh, Jim, yes, sir, Dave. So McCanny was on uh, John Moron's show this morning, and he said he's been busy and he forgot to take down. He's got a a number. It's a five something or other. You know, I don't know the name of it, but I think it's a whole house system that's a thousand dollars off. It usually sells for twenty three something and mm-hmm. it's a thousand dollars off and he hasn't left he's left that coupon co- code on there and you get to it through the if you link to it through there you can find that whole house system from McCanny for like 13 something hmm. it's normally 2300 yeah not a bad deal anybody yeah, that's interested it'll be on for a few more days so if anybody's interested go check it out thelibertyman.com cool thanks Dave he's got a few different water companies that he deals with on that site and they're they I don't know if it's just the two but they they both are having a sale and I don't I don't remember what the other one is so you you can check them both out there Mm -hmm. you're welcome I you cool all righty yep water's important stuff man (laughs) gotta have it to survive and uh, having multiple sources of uh, or ways to filter and clear you know, purify water is and very important and uh, especially you know you want to have things that are portable too in case you do have to bug out that's why um, you know the uh, the Berkeys are great for static situations they're a little bit of a pain when you're dealing with uh, moving around a lot and there's some really good ones out there. I really like the MSR Mini Works. Uh, small, compact, and easy to use. A little pump-activated thing that basically does the same thing that Berkey does, only it's just small and compact, and you can do it on the run. And they're relatively inexpensive, but you do want to make sure you've got the um, extra elements because they don't last anywhere near as long as the Berkfelds do. But... Um, Having those kind of things on hand in case you got to hit the road are uh, pretty good. And then, of course, there's the old standby, the Catadyne pocket filter, which, you know, 
much more expensive, but they're very nice. I've got one of those. Um, and I picked up some other things here when I went to Mexico a few years ago. I wanted something I could fill. Um, I basically just filled it in a, uh, in a hotel room from the sink and uh, gave me water that would uh, go right down into a um, water bottle that I could be safe drinking the tap water in Mexico. And it was, I can't remember the name of it, though. I got it at um, REI, and it was really cool. They're very relatively inexpensive, only like $30, $40 or something like that. And uh, something I could just throw in my suitcase and take with me. You can have a bladder that it would fill into. Um, but it had a regular uh, uh, screw-type thing that would fit most um, bathroom fit, uh, spigots. And you screw right onto it, and then it would run right through the filter element into your uh, bladder or your bottle or whatever you were filling up. It was really pretty cool. And uh, I don't even know what I did to things. It's probably in a suitcase somewhere or something. <laughs> but they were lightweight, inexpensive, and they did a good job of taking, you know, basically water out of a out of a sink and tap and, and purifying it. So even in Mexico, you know, the, the tap water was safe to drink that way. A lot less uh, expensive than buying bottled water. So anyway, there's a lot of different things out there. Just do some research and dig stuff up and have it on hand for when the time the crap hits the fan. Anybody else have any uh, comments about any of this stuff we've been chatting on so far? Feel free to jump in. Kind of an open-ended deal today. I would just like to input that I think it would be better to use the food-grade hydrogen peroxide instead of chlorine in the water. Good good point, Brenda. Good point. Yeah, you know, 35% um, food-grade hydrogen peroxide is good stuff, and um, it's not hard to find. Uh, getting places that will ship it is can be tough because it's, it is caustic. Uh, it's a base, a, a powerful base, and uh, very, very alkaline. And uh, you got to be careful handling it. And a lot of places don't want to ship it because of that. But if you can get it, it's great stuff, and it goes a little bit goes a long way. And uh, one of the things that I would have done, you know, other than what that guy was doing in the video, instead of filling the thing up first and then putting your stuff in, um, I learned in chemistry a long time ago the best way to mix things is you put what you're uh, the small amount that you're mixing goes in first and then the water goes in on top of it and in the process of the thing filling up it gets mixed automatically um, and you do the same thing whether it's uh, hydrogen peroxide or bleach or not but the, the key thing with the bleach is to make sure that it is totally there's nothing in it but bleach no um, uh, fragrances or anything like that or detergents just uh, sodium hypochlorite but yeah, definitely uh, hydrogen peroxide would be a better way to go. You can also, if you have a, a, a colloidal silver generator, you could take a big thing of that and just stick your elements for your colloidal silver down in there. Of course, it's best to do that in glass, uh, but run that and it will kill, you know, it won't filter, uh, it won't get out the uh, VOCs and things like that, but any biologics, the uh, colloidal silver will basically take care of 
so you could pour some in there shake it up and wait it a little bit and uh, it'd be pretty much safe to drink if it's if it's just biologics that you're worried about uh, okay let's see here um <laughs> just looking at some other things in the news seeing if there's anything that's good that we haven't already covered 12 states now using mobile digital driver's license IDs based on face scans. Yucko. Hmm. Hey, Jim. Yes, sir. What's that on the hydrogen peroxide? Because we've got a bottle of it in the refrigerator that we keep around for that very reason in case we got to purify water. But I don't remember what the ratio is. You know, I have never seen a chart for that. I've seen, I've got charts that I used to pass out at uh, uh survival shows that had the uh the, the proper ratios to use for chlorine bleach um let me see something here real quick um using food grade hydrogen oops if i could type <laughs> to purify water um, on that, uh, Dr. Artis and the other three doctors, you know, this seminar thing they did, Dr. Ely did, talked about the Berkey water filter and everything, and he talked about the hydrogen peroxide, mm -hmm. the food grade, and uh, Carl had printed out some of that stuff, but I, I don't have it right at the tip of my hand. I want to think they... Um, Seemed like they said three drops per eight ounces, which I thought was a little much. But um, anyway, I'll look through our stuff, and you might, uh, you know, Dr. Ely, like says, the one that did the the talk on filtering water, and he's the one that that mentioned that in that seminar. Hmm. So we can try to find it there. I just put a link in chat. One thing I came up says uh, how to use hydrogen peroxide to purify or sterilize drinking water for, for emergency use. And I'm just looking to see if they actually have a um, chart or anything like that for... Um, I'm not seeing a chart, oddly enough. It's kind of weird. Uh, use vinegar as a water sterilizer. Now, this is something you're probably going to have to do some reading on because it's pretty dense stuff, but um, chlorine hazards in water, ozone. If you have an ozone generator, that's another thing you could do is uh, bubble it through. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I got one from Joyce Riley years and years ago. It was designed for... Um, you know cleansing uh, like store-bought produce and things you put it in a big pan of water throw your produce in and then drop this little bubbler in there and it uh, runs it through i also used to use that in my classroom at uh, when i was teaching i'd hang the thing from the ceiling just a little bubbler and i'd turn it on and let it run for an hour and it would fill the whole room with hydrogen peroxide or with um, ozone and uh, Made it smell really good for if you like that smell. <laughs> but I I used it to as a way to um, sterilize keyboards and stuff. But 
yeah this is i'm not seeing any charts here so you're probably going to have to read it extra close to see exactly what they're saying um oh that's weird but let me uh how to purify water with hydrogen peroxide uh, treat one gallon of water with 50 mils of dry chlorine. Wait, why are we talking chlorine? What happened to hydrogen peroxide? Hmm. That's weird. Marshmallow cream smooth for ice cream? <laughs> this has got some weird stuff in here. Anyway. That's something you're just going to we're gonna have to search for, I guess. Um... How to use food grade hydrogen peroxide uh, dun, 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 dun. and water. How to mix it. Um, hydrogen peroxide caustic high, high concentrations. Um, obtain 35% food grade. Uh, never use without diluting it first. Yeah, that's for sure. 22 ounces of distilled water. You can use tap water, but it has impurities. Two, uh, two to 22 ratio to calculate the concentration, but you first have to uh, dilute it to a 3% solution. And then you're using a two to 22 ratio with the 3% solution. So I'll put the link to this website in the chat room. And that might give you a good rule of thumb to work with. Here we go. Anyway, just about out of time. Anybody else got anything uh, they're curious about or want to bring up? Because tomorrow we'll be uh, having Mike and Cal and DW. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> Mike's uh, two shows last Friday and Saturday, the uh, National Intel Report. He had Stephen White Whitener on with him. And then... Uh, on Saturday, when he did um, the uh, Rebel Madman, who did he have on with him? Um, hmm, drawing a blank. Um, might have been Blackburn Nine, but um, anyway, both of those shows were excellent. If you haven't uh, caught those, I'd highly recommend going back and catching the replay. I've been downloading them and putting them on my phone so I can listen to them when I'm driving and cutting grass and whatnot. But those two shows were phenomenal, um, and basically about the uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you know, not really protecting anything, and uh, a couple of really good shows. So I highly recommend checking those out. But um, maybe we can get Mike to cover some of that on tomorrow. We'll see. Um, Freemasons are collecting DNA and biometric data of children for tracking purposes. Oh goody. Peeping Tom Neighbors, new doorbell cameras, links to social media accounts, and uses facial recognition. Oh, good. <laughs> new documentary on medically kidnapped girl whose mother committed suicide. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if Jim, that was... Yeah, go ahead. Is there any chance that you can turn your volume higher so I have more on my side? I can boost it a smidge. Um... <laughs> Uh, I got freeway noise in the back, and it's just barely audible <laughs> without it. 
How is this any better? I've been going through a Bluetooth speaker as well, but I still don't get enough. Hmm. Is this any better? I tried, uh, I, I tweaked it a little bit, but um, I I don't want to overdrive everything and mess up the recordings too. But uh, I'll leave okay, it up here. Well, do what you can. You know, I don't want to mess anything up. Yep. But uh, yep. I can't tell them that they go back to my speaker. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully that'll boost it enough for you to get a little bit out of it. But um, you might try headphones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, wired ones anyway. Um, well, just, I'm moving around. I can't. Oh yeah. Can't have anything attached, and I don't like it on my body anyway. So I don't Oop. wear necklaces or rings or anything. So. Yeah, I don't blame you there. <laughs> All righty. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to play this official trailer. For, this is the uh, the Maya Kowalski story. We covered this a while back, um, and uh, it was released on Net. That's the problem. It was on Netflix. Good grief. Hopefully, it'll be out somewhere else. Um, we build a family with love, honesty, trust. We, as parents, tried to do the best we can for our children. You do everything for them. That's what Beata and I did. But there's nothing that could prepare me for what I went through with my family. Nothing. Yeah, short and sweet. But yeah, that's my Kowalski uh, story. She was medically kidnapped, and her mother was so distraught that she ended up uh, taking her own life as a result. And, um, uh, I think it covers her testimony before Congress and pretty uh, heart-wrenching stuff. But um, one of the big problems is medical kidnapping. These pediatric children, you know, that's another reason to avoid pediatricians. <laughs> you know, don't let your children, don't take your kids to the doctor when they're not sick. And as a matter of fact, don't take them to the doctor when they are sick. Deal with it yourself. You'll probably be better off. That's just my humble, not-so-humble opinion. Don't take it as medical advice. <laughs> but uh, taking anybody to an MD is never a good choice unless you've got a trauma case. Then they can be very, very good. You know, if you get an arm ripped off or get shot or run over by a bus, take them to an MD. But otherwise, avoid those people like the plague. Given half a chance, they will kill you. But uh, anyway, we're down to about 45 seconds or so. So uh, like I said, we'll have Mike Cal and DW with us tomorrow. Don't know for sure what we'll be talking about, but it's always good. And uh, I, would ex I would expect tomorrow will be no different. So make sure you're here for that. Same bat time, same bat channel. And... Um, I'm just looking to see if there's anything we can throw in here in the last minute. Um, 
Hollywood actor Jim Caviezel said that he's Jesus and that Trump is Moses and child trafficking. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, U.S. government wants facial scans of all children to protect the children or to traffic them. Yeah, my phone is, or my wristwatch is buzzing, but not chirping again. Anyway, that's it for today. We're out of time. Take care of your bodies because the only place you have to live. And like I said, we will see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful afternoon and evening. Spend some time with the ones you love. And we will see you tomorrow. Take care and God bless.